Please let this work. Please let this work. Come on, come on. No, oh, God. Luke, run, 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 run. They're shooting at you. Run. Totally like St. Louis. It's just like home. Just run. All right, all right, I think we're good right here. You, you, think, you think we're safe? I think we're okay. Luke, how did you get into a Siberian gulag? We were at the border, they asked me what profession was. And I just said I'm a journalist. Yeah, we're, we're in Russia, buddy, you can't do that. I, Tim, are you recording this? I, well, yeah, I thought it'd be a funny cold open. I almost died. You were going to die in a gulag anyway. So this at least would have been funny. Funny? Yeah. Can I at least say cue the tunes? Yeah, of course. Cue the tunes. This is the Formation Lab. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Formation Lab, the only podcast that is recording with bullet holes in their equipment. I'm Luke. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in literal crime this time. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing all right, and I don't think it'll hold up in international court what you got put into the gulag for. So springing you, I don't think is equally uh, illegal, you know, because I, I was just setting things right. Yeah, I just said, yo, you know, I'm a reporter, I'm a journalist, and all they they, they just took me away. I didn't a, even say it was Formula One. No, they just, yeah, they they're just like, yep. yeeted you right off the boat. They yoked me into, yep. into the gulag, into yep. Siberia. Luckily, you know, we managed to walk back there in a couple hours, walk back to the boat, and uh, we're back recording now, same day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yes, they, they did get a couple bullet holes in the boat somehow. That was impressive. I have a feeling that uh, one or two of those might have been when we were on the Mississippi sailing near St. Louis, as you mentioned. But That's true. That's it, true. Yeah. Yeah, we were near East St. Louis. That might have been it. You mentioned something uh, about, you know, I mentioned that I'd never been shot at. Um, that's not- yeah, I don't know how that's possible. You grew up here. We get shot at all the time. Tim- like, like, honestly, it is as St. Louis as toasted raviolis, as the Cardinals getting shot at. That's what we do here. I've been shot at three times already today. <clears throat> not even in not even in Russia, man. I I, I flew back to St. Louis yeah, and flew back here. It took a couple hours. It was a little detour. But, man, I just got shot at landing in St. Louis. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, that is that is literally how it goes. And home sweet I got to say, uh, Boris and Vladimir, your aim kind of sucks, guys. Let, let's let's work on that. You should have winged us. Hey, Boris wasn't there. It was only Vladimir who was aiming at me. Okay. <laughs> He's so mad. I just you, I I set the distraction, and it was a little bit bigger than I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not the first time we've blown something up. No, it is not. So welcome everyone to the Formation Lab, where we blow stuff up more than anybody else. That is a true fact. You know where Vladimir Putin also was, the Russian Grand Prix. Which is the other thing we do. We blow things up. We also talk about motorsports. Yeah. Was what, I guess he got bored, and that's why he came to check on us. Yeah, I mean, do you blame him? I, I feel like no. after two years of Sochi, and it's been, what, six years now of Sochi? After two years of Sochi, you start going, how much is that? Is that sweet costing me? Oh, right, I'm the president. It doesn't cost me anything, but... <laughs> yeah, it's just so boring. Uh, now, so, the first few laps did give us some chuckles. Right, which ironically it. makes it the best Russian Grand Prix of all time. Uh, that that is true. It was the best Russian Grand Prix of all time, and we fell asleep. I didn't even wake up for it. If I'm being real, I fell back asleep <laughs> because, to be honest, you know, after that yellow, after the uh, yellow flag and the uh, safety car came in. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, huh? Yes, I'm here. What? Yeah. It, Look, okay, we sound like terrible F1 commentators if we just say, you know, oh, we fell asleep during this race. But let me pitch you. We're in Central Time Zone. This race came on at 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, it was— uh, On it, a Sunday. On a Sunday, yeah. It, it, and to be fair, too, we don't—we usually wake up for every race. But we also—it's um, it, just—it's so hard at 6 a.m. We don't always watch the Russian GP live. This is one of the ones where you just sleep in and you're like, you know what— after after five years, I, I'm it's burned me too many times. It's a track is awful, and I think importantly this year the drivers are starting to rally against the track as well. They are, they are. Uh, man, I hate this track. God, it's just it, it, it 
produces boring races. There were a couple cool passes, sure, you know, but the real thing came in with a penalty. Yeah, the the, the only intrigue in this race. Well, there ra- were two penalties. Yeah, two penalties, like a Darth Maul lightsaber of penalties. Right. Five seconds, five seconds. Well, no, 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 two penalties. Well, that there were two penalties for the one, but a penalty for another that actually produced something kind of cool. It did. It Daniel did. Ricardo, who got a five-second time penalty for an incident, and he said, yeah, that's my bad. I'll just drive faster. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> compare <laughs> that it. compare that to Lewis Hamilton yeah. whose response was where is that in the rule book? And I think this is a, you know what we'll just hone in on talking point number 1 here. Uh before we do the proper race breakdown. You, you can dislike Lewis Hamilton and respect that he is maybe the greatest if not the greatest of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um that is really one of the stark contrasts to me of why I Gut instinct don't like Lewis Hamilton. Um, I, I gr- you know, you and I, we grow up Midwestern values, right? Yes. We're, we're, we don't really like cocky athletes no. or whining athletes. Not our thing. No. Um, so to hear him, Lewis, you, we managed two penalties, and he immediately goes, yeah, show me that in the rule book. And he goes full Karen mode uh, two weeks ago at Mugello where he wants to go talk to the stewards. And it's like... And he's done. He did it years ago, back when Charlie Whiting was still alive, wanting to uh, litigate his case to Charlie Whiting in the race. Right. Get Charlie on the line. Wait, what? I want to amend that. By the way, he went full Karen mode in Monza, I believe it was, not Mugello. Mm. Um. Anyway, but yeah, he he does that, and it's just that is what rubs me the wrong way because. If I was put in that situation, I know it's a high pressure situation, but I also know my natural tendency is to go, all right, well, we got to work hard to fix this. Right. Right. We can argue afterwards. I don't really care, but we're going to fix this and we're going to race quicker. And that was something I respected about Daniel Ricciardo. And it's one of the things that like every time Lewis Hamilton comes up, I'm like, you could you're complaining about the rules and you just served a 10 second penalty with what? 30 extra seconds of actual, you know, going into the pit stop. Right. Right. So you basically got put a minute behind the rest of people and you finished third. Yeah. You, you, got, you, you got, can't <laughs> complain. You cannot complain about that. N- well, no, but, I mean, it does seem a bit harsh. Two penalties, two separate penalties with, with license points. Yikes, Yikes. guys. Yeah. And for something where he didn't put anybody in danger, like he was clearly alone. Yeah. And he and you, like, because he went a little too far down the pit wall. I feel like there are two things happening here. One, yes, Mercedes and Lewis are being a bit whingy and they're being a bit entitled but they mm. do dominate the sport so i mean i get it you can you can you, you have an excuse to be entitled when everybody else has been trying to catch up to you for the better part of a decade now right yeah you <laughs> and you you do your job pretty darn well yeah. and and it's a bit of also the stewards coming in really heavy-handed and i don't quite uh know why that is there's something I f- it has all the earmarks of something happening in the background that we aren't privy to. Mm-hmm. So something is happening, and there's a bit of a power struggle, and they are putting their like stamp of authority on stuff. So it was just heavy-handed. I thought it was kind of, I thought it was a garbage uh, penalty, but I get the flip side to it. You know, you don't you don't get to whinge like that, and you know, have it make you look okay. If Lewis had said nothing and then had pulled a Daniel Ricardo and just said, "Yeah, I'm just going to get on with it." Um, he probably would have gotten a cheers, buddy, from uh, from the pit wall, much like Daniel Ricardo did, and we all would have just been focused on how heavy handed it was from the stewards. But instead, we're switching to, well, you know, what kind of champions are these if they're just gonna kind of cry about it? Can I can I read you a headline here? Yes, uh, from Motorsport.com. I saw this. Uh, said, well, what a what a headline. Hamilton, F1 stewards trying to stop me with penalties. That is off of motorsport.com, and that is under breaking news for the Russian GP. These stewards are trying to stop me. It, it, this is, that's a bit far. It yeah. really Okay, so let's just get right into the main controversy. We've already been talking about it. Usually we would save this for the Mercedes section of the GP review, but, but I think— But since it's the only thing that happened— Yeah, we'll still go through the teams, but this is literally the only thing that really, you know, was worth it. So, two five-second—he has two separate incidents where he pulls off to the side, one in the pit lane, and one—was that one of the turns? One where he was, like, actually, like, you know, out on the track, right? And he does, you know, a a launch, a controlled launch just to practice—just to test the systems, right? And uh, 
he gets one five-second penalty, and he gets another five-second penalty, one for each of the two incidents, which uh, the commentary crew seemed to indicate was a very rare thing, and I can't remember ever seeing it, uh, mm. where you know two incidents like that that are of the same nature in the same like it's two separate penalties. Right. Very, very odd. Um, yeah. But uh, he got two five-second penalties, and you said it was a little too harsh. And I, I want to bring up something that Mercedes had a quote on, um, and I don't think it was too harsh. Okay. Um, I think penalty points is another conversation to have. But, <laughs> why? But, because he's within uh, that exact amount of getting suspended for a race? <laughs> yeah. Is that why? But uh, let's talk about two five-second penalties. So Mercedes yes. seemed to indicate um, that basically they're like, hey, we're, if we do this, we know it's technically against the rules, but we're just going to get a little stern talking to. Right. And I liken that to, you know, a bratty teenager who wants to go out to a party and like, well, how are you going to yell? Well, I'll lie to my parents. Won't that catch you in trouble? Yeah, it'll get me a stern talking to, but that's about it. Right. If you're a parent and you hear your kid go, yeah, I'll just get a stern talking to grin and bear it and I'll go do my thing. That is where you go. No, 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 no. You're not getting a stern talking to. You're going to get more than this slap on the wrist. You're going to get more than this leniency. We're going to up the punishment because you knew what the punishment was going to be, you said, you know, no, we're 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 going to serve it anyway. If you're willing to do the action, which is two improper launch launches, right? Knowing and the action is more valuable to you than the punishment, then the punishment needs to increase to deter the action, right? Right, but I think that also needs to be in direct correlation to how dangerous it may be, and that's fair. And you know, if it's you know speeding in the pit lane, like even by a kilometer or two. I'm I'm all for putting the kibosh on that as hard as possible. Give them 10 second time penalties because there's there there's people's lives at stake. There mm-hmm. are men and women in those garages that are, you know, at risk. They are exposed. And and the so, F1 drivers there they sign up for danger. Pit crew members do not sign up for the same amount of danger that a guy like Max Verstappen has signed up for. Correct. And so like stuff like that, sure. But if you're going like 20 feet further down the pit wall, to practice a start and you're waiting for traffic to be clear? Like, come on, guys. I, I guess I'm a little hardline because I say, you know what? Um, rules are rule. Rules are rule. And in an era of F1 where, you know, it, not just an era, in the sport of F1 where everything is a gray area. Right. Uh, I'm kind of glad to see something be black and white. Okay. I mean, and I get it. But, you know, it's also like, Seems a bit harsh when, you know, uh, Red Bull was literally drying the spot so that Max Verstappen could get a better launch in a rainy race. Which we all know when Max which Verstappen is, needs better launches. Right. Which is like, well, okay, guys, that that's blatant cheating and you did nothing. Yeah. So it's this arbitrary, you know, kind of launch it, you know, the bigger team when they see an opening, a slight infringement. And it's not in the rule book. It was in... Uh, the race director's report, hey, don't do that. Or it's like, um, okay, that's not in the rule book. And they haven't cracked down on him before, and he's done it hundreds of times. So I have a really hard time with it. And, you know, when they when they were handing out penalties for cutting the chicane and not going, you know, rejoining through the bullards, that makes sense to me. Okay, you can't, you know, rejoin, but, and that, but that's not a rule. That is in the race director report. So... Uh, you know, it's it's this. It is a gray area that you're trying to apply, uh, you know, a hard and fast rule to mm-hmm. that you're not holding consistently through the season. You can do this in Abu Dhabi, and no one's going to give a toss. So I don't know why. Yeah, I just. For the record, Hamilton's two penalty points have been rescinded between uh, now and then, so his his license comes out of Sochi as blemished as it was before. I don't want to say unblemished because he's had actually a good amount of penalty points on it up to this point, but he doesn't have any further blemishes on it after Sochi. Um, But that also doesn't mean that the 10 total seconds of penalty time didn't hurt him. In fact, it it might have cost him the race win. I don't know if Valtteri Bottas had the pace uh, to just straight up pass him. He seemed to in corner two, but corner two on lap one is a whole lot different than 53 other laps, right? right? So I I would say it probably cost him the race. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. But But at the same time... I just... I, I, I have a problem as well with 
wishy-washy penalties, and we'll talk right. into that. It's all inconsistent, and that's my biggest beef. But when something is applied in a hard and fast, black and white, we told you not to do it, and you did it, nature, I don't have a problem with that in terms of wishy-washiness. I'll choose to express my anger when it's not applied. Right, and you're, you're going to see it. that is a better is, outcome than right. the other, right? Because all the teams took notice of it. Yeah. And they're all going to try it and show that it's inconsistent next time. Yeah. So this is know, Formula 1. It's not a sport, it's a political arena. <laughs> it's everything. That's what's so beautiful about it. That that is something we've talked about in F1 is just like the beauty of F1 is not in the racing in and of itself and it does have beauty in the racing without a doubt. The beauty to me is it is I mean they call it the F1 media circus for a reason. It is the highest drama sport I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. And I cover in my day job every sport under the sun just about, right? Like yeah. I'll watch freaking curling in the Olympics. Yeah. We had a betting league going on for curling at one point. But the beauty of F1 is in that, not so much in the racing itself sometimes, and that's what Russia really uh, gave us was here's drama, and we were like, okay, you know, uh, drama is cool. You're going to give us some racing? No? Yeah, all right. Well, I guess drama will do. So yeah. let's, uh, with that on that note. Yes, let's go. The Russian GP. Tim, would you like to explain to the people how we do our GP review and what order this is? Because it's not random. No, it is not. We go from the back of the grid to the front. Just like a day of race uh, grid walk, we walk from the back to the front to see everything. Now, how this is determined mostly uh, is by finishing order, yes, but also by who crashed out first. <laughs> so if you crashed, if you were the first to crash out, you're going to be the first we talk about. Uh, so... With that being said, kids troll crashed out. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is an interesting one to me because uh, Carlos Sainz crashed two corners ahead of Lance Stroll, but Lance Stroll gets the final position in the did not in the, the not yeah the not classified. Um, they're both not classified. They're not just DNF. They're not classified. So I'm almost wondering, Tim, do you know the technicality? If they're not classified, are they just listed off of alphabetical order? They they might be, because I don't know, I can't think of a reason why Lance Stroll would be listed behind Carlos Sainz. Sainz crashed earlier, right? Um, I would argue that he was out of the race earlier because he lost an entire, like, wheel. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, Lance Stroll crashed in corner four. So, he is the man of the hour. He, yeah, it hurts, for one thing, to crash in turn four of lap one. Uh the the worst part to me was the fact though that uh, he was running P six, he was, and and Sergio Perez takes home a very strong P four. He was solid. There was a, he was and he was, was anonymous. Cool That's the great. That's yeah, he the great was thing. super Could, anonymous. You know, I didn't see him the rest of the day. Yeah, I was going to say outside of Lance Stroll wrecking for Racing Point, I don't know if I saw pink outside of lap one. I don't know if I saw pink. Period. Yeah, no, you didn't. Uh, so. But that's really all there is to say. Yeah, and Lance Stroll, by the way, um, had a bad day, right? We've slagged yeah. off Lance Stroll before. Should be said he was shunted by Charles Leclerc. He was shunted so by Charles this Leclerc. Is, this not is not Lance fault. Stroll. No. Yeah. Um, which you can make arguments as to whether or not Lance Stroll is, is talented uh, enough to really justify that seat. I think the more it goes, the more he's look kind of strong and then the more blunders he's had so it's really still a wash at this point but this is not a reflection on that argument the, yeah. if you use this as fodder for the argument the argument should be dude charles leclerc is just a little crashy ain't he yeah a little bit a little bit fits ferrari well does he not yes he does he really does but but McLaren is proper crashy now. Ooh, and this was this wreck for Carlos was one million percent his fault. It, re- dude, this he is just misjudged the rejoin and he took his left front off. This is to me one of the I don't want to say unforgivable crash, but this was just a real come on moment. So let's let's break down the let's break down this crash from a fundamental standpoint. All right, Let, <laughs> all right, there, bub, let's do it. 
Coach Kent Murphy, we're going to we're to break this. Let's break this thing down from a fundamental standpoint. All right, so turn two in Sochi, which we will get at really later in the episode. Uh, it is a ninety degree right hander followed by a kink left into that long left hand turn. Right. So what that means is that since it's paved on the outside, it's actually quicker just to swing wide, and swing wide is quicker than the actual track so what they did was they set up that little chicane at the back end if you haven't watched the russian grand prix you probably already know this or if you have watched it you probably already know this if you haven't i'm explaining to you the only drama in the russian grand prix yeah so they put out this chicane and they said hey when you swing wide because it's quicker than the track you have to go through this little chicane and uh, rejoin the track kind of like the uh the chicane in monza the escape road in monza right and uh the final little bit of the chicane was go to the left of this bollard, and it's it's really close to the wall. So just go between this bollard and the wall, and then you're free to rejoin the track. And that is where Carlos Sainz nips the wall with his left front, takes and, the wheel off. And it wasn't a little one. It no. Was, it was a – he that wall was halfway into that front wheel. He just took it properly off. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things where – you know, everybody's kind of been like on a in a car or in something like that. You, when you completely misjudge, or in a go kart or something like that, or if you're on a rider lawnmower and you clip something so hard, you're like, "Oh my god, that was stupid." He curbed it. He curbed it. <clears throat> he curbed it. He 100 percent curbed it, and <laughs> cost a couple million pounds in wreck. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure because that was the other drama for McLaren. And McLaren just had the worst week, I swear. Uh, Science crashes out in turn two and he spits debris all over the track. Hey, you know who runs over said debris? <laughs> Poor buddy Lando Norris. I love Lando. I like Lando too. And I, I like that's the, such a bummer. I like the fact that what they did was they essentially let hit, said, hey, you know, you can very easily, you know, play defense for. A while, and then once you're out of the top ten, you can't get points. We're not passing anybody. Yeah. Just play Yarno truly here and just protect <laughs> protect your spot. Deep cuts. And uh, I think we mentioned Yarno truly like five times in the last two months. <laughs> we have. It's been a lot. Of, it's been a truly train. It has, is Yarno truly going to become our mascot? Either him or Mahavi Ragunathan. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, we don't have our mascot worked out yet, but uh, how about our meme? Back to Lando Norris. Yeah. So yeah, this poor kid, dude. He just got told again. He got told to Yarna truly, which is basically just like play defense. And when you fall out of the top ten, we're gonna bring you in because you're not passing anybody. But he lasted what into the forties in laps. He, he lasted la- f- a good long while. Yeah, um, he did have a fun little scrap with uh, George Russell and Alex Albon. That was fun. that was a lot of fun to watch for like ten laps. Yeah, um, and George had the measure of him. George, yeah. it wasn't bad for a little bit. He had the front line. He had the straight line speed, the front line speed, the straight line speed uh, to get things done. So that was really cool to see. But uh, yeah, uh, neither Lando nor Alex should have been anywhere near there. No, yeah, and we'll talk about Alex plenty coming up. But I think that's going to wrap it up for McLaren. This is probably the worst week they've had, um, and they were, they were, they were there. <laughs> yeah, they, they were somewhere. That's about it. Uh, moving on, though, to the other uh, one of the other duelists in that Yu-Gi-Oh battle of Formula One. Uh, George Russell finished last after nearly smashing the science on the first lap. Uh, under yellow, he'd take new tires. He would uh, fight with Alex Albon and Lando Norris, as I, as uh, Tim said. But uh, he'd have to pit a second time because he, he had to pit very early for those new tires. Extremely and he, early. And he just couldn't make those things last. I, no. It had to be near about 50 laps. Yep. Uh, and, and one thing we should note about Lando is that he made those medium tires last forever. Oh, yes. yes. It was like 40-something laps that those things did. And that's just wildly impressive when they brought him in. And he was doing some incredible defense. Yeah. Absolutely, like, putting on a clinic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a bad weekend for uh, for McLaren, but Lando gave him a good show. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, George, no, Russell. George Russell made his tires last a similar length. It was a good long time. Just wasn't long enough. Wasn't long enough, and he would end up dead last. Dead last. And I, this is one of those, I, I hate the term recovery drive. Because it's like, no, it's not a recovery drive. If you, you know, if you muck it up into turn one, uh, it's not so much a recovery drive as you bungled it. <laughs> yeah, as uh, it's, 
as a saving face drive. Yes. Because this is on you. But this is one that isn't on George Russell. Carlos Sainz had, you know, the yikes of the week. I think we can we can all agree that Carlos Sainz is right up there. No, no, he he got it. There, he got there's it. no one else. Okay, so are we going to have to pull up the... Yes, the we are. Okay. Yes, we are. Because it's just, there's no one else. I mean, yes, you know, Lewis was a little whingy, but he still went from last to third. So, not that bad. All right, take, still- take it away, Connor Daly. It's time for Connor Daly's Yikes of the Week. Yikes! <laughs> uh, congratulations to Carlos Sainz for taking out your teammate and also taking out George Russell, kind of, sort of. This is this is 100% grade A grass-fed knucklehead. That was a knucklehead move. It, it was absolutely silly. And it is shadows of things to come because it's not getting any better the at Ferrari. Ferrari. Ferrari is not an easier car to control. I keep wanting to move on to Williams, but we're going to stick on McLaren for a second here. Yeah. It, Ferrari is not an easier car to not crash than McLaren. McLaren is a straight-up better car. Handles better, has less consistent failures. Uh, Stronger. It's just more powerful. Yeah. How, if you can't handle, I mean, I don't want to say you can't handle. He has been a perfectly fine, very above average uh, driver for McLaren for his tenure there. Um, But if you're going to (laughs) wreck McLaren in that situation, a Ferrari is going to wreck about six times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a sign of things to come, and I just keep wanting to see him, like you know, get a, a podium again. Just get something to where he can go out of McLaren on a high note. One last little sip of wine before he never gets to taste it for the next what two, three years minimum. Yeah. So, so, I, ugh. and it's champagne, not wine. Well, I, I said wine for the thing, but, you know, champagne would have been a more apt descriptor, yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, big bummer. Congratulations, Carlos. Congrats, Carlos. But and uh, Will Williams. Williams. We saw talk about George Russell. He no, had a— You misspelled Williams on the rundown. I did say I did say Will Williams. Uh, Will Williams Defoe was one of my favorite actors. And um, uh, Will Williams was pretty anonymous after— uh, After George Russell George had Rowe. that battle. Then, and that was— that's about it. Nicholas Satifi yeah. finished uh, what? Didn't he see been, him yeah, once. finished P sixteen. You could have told me that Williams had one car. Yep. Williams had him. one car in that race, yep. and uh, functionally, the difference between George Russell and Nicholas Satifi skill gap. They might as well have one car, but you know. Um, uh, Except he finished better. Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. That is that is a harsh statement. Latifi is Nicholas actually, Latifi is talented enough to be in Formula One. No question is, in my mind. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's great. Calling um, him a pay driver is a kind of a disservice to his talent. So, and you know, he's got more talent than a normal pay driver would have. Right. So, uh, good on him. Uh, rough weekend, but the, to the first Ferrari-powered team at the back of the grid here as we move on up. Haas. Haas had a mixed bag because I look at one of the drivers and go, oh my gosh, typical Haas. But I look at the other driver and go, it's not bad. It's not bad, you know? Especially with the the sheer startling lack of power. It's a shocking lack of power. Yeah, and all because I want that decision from the FIA to come out so bad. You know it not won't. I know, but I know they cheated, and they won't cop to it, and... Yeah, oh, suspiciously, every single Ferrari-powered team is down a lot. So, yeah, well, kind of a bummer, but... Uh, but Romain Grosjean rode Romain that. Grosjean, yeah. Rode that lack of power to a P17, and you just look at that and you go, my word. Um, that is... that is. If you that, get beat by Williams, that ain't good. Yeah, he... No, Williams, the Williams were on either side of you, buddy. Uh, and all due respect to Williams, jeez. Uh, but Kevin Magnussen finishes P12. That's not bad. And that's actually pretty good. I think for that's his lack of power, not bad. For the for the car that that is, I think that is about 1 to 2 point well, two or maybe more places above where that car is if you were to line up the grid. Yeah, and, and but the thing is is that I feel like the Haas should be quicker than the Alpha. You you feel like that. And as we move on to the Alpha, I I feel like they should not be. I just I, I feel like the Alpha isn't as dysfunctional right now as the Haas, you know who am I kidding? They're both slow. It's this is like you ever see that that South Park episode where they have the election between the douchebag and the turd sandwich? 
this is a race between the the, the giant douche and the turd sandwich in terms yeah. of like they're just slow not pacey teams they they are but um something that you don't have here in the rundown that we probably should talk about is uh and it relates to one of these two teams because one of these two is going to have this guy mick schumacher currently leading the championship currently leading the championship and this would be a good time to mention too haas or alpha are going to have mick schumacher so the question is is it does he replace roman grosjean or does he replace antonio giovinazzi or off chance kevin magnuson but i i don't know why you would replace kevin magnuson when you have roman grosjean on your team um the yeah. other one to be said and i know there's some carlos slim gene haas history here is checo perez is a free agent right now yeah I think he goes to Haas, and I think uh, Mick goes to Alpha for Giovinazzi's seat. I, I because he's not like lighting the world on fire in F two, but he is leading. He and is there lead- is something to be said for that. He is consistent, and he's a Schumacher. He's a Schumacher. You're going to see more. You're going to see just as much Alpha gear at Monza next year if, he, if he, there's a if there's a Schumacher on that team as you are actual Ferrari gear. Yep. And there might be actually slightly more Alvatore gear because they're the true Italian team. Um, I will say, though, uh, outside shot, this is IndyCar related. If Haas does not hop on Checo Perez and Checo Perez gets shuffled out like uh, like Nico Hulkenberg kind of did, yeah, uh, Checo Perez would be a phenomenal fit for Andretti if Andretti doesn't go to James Hinchcliffe. In, in, he would, yeah. Checo Perez would be really strong Solid. in IndyCar, and he would get an Andretti seat. Ooh, that's a good seat. And... Uh, um, I like that matchup. I like that matchup a lot. But um, I think Checo Perez is too talented not to stay in F1, though, in and, terms of teams wanting him. But to your credit, Gunter Steiner did come out this week and say, oh, that's not a that's not a no-brainer. We have to think about the medium and long term. Gunter, you haven't thought about the medium to long term for a while, buddy. Also, name me a better medium to long term driver than Checo Perez right now. Right. Name <laughs> someone who's better at developing a car who brings money, who actually brings raw talent, and consistent who would be a great race over race, week over week, month over month, year over year consistency. Right. And so, when's the last gonna, time you said, "Oh, Checo Perez had a really bad race"? Right. Well, we've had one this year, but one this year. How many times it. have we said that for every other driver? At least two to three, right? Well, and for Grosjean, it's consistently bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, if it's not qualifying, he's not good. So, so uh, yeah, I, I would vote for that. I hope that happens. I really hope that happens, actually. I, will, I won't be upset if he either goes to Haas or and if he I goes think, to Andretti. Honestly, either Or one. if uh, Grosjean went to Andretti. Oh, my gosh. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. They are already <laughs> snake-bitten enough this year. We talked about this last week. I know, but that would be fun. Steer into it. Turn into that skid. Let it happen. It'll be fun. Do you want to see, like, IndyCar 2, you know, Tokyo Drift yes. over here yes. at Motegi? Yes, with the with the French twist. <laughs> oh, anyway, oh, now we that I'm being terrible to the, uh, to the French listeners, we've lost everyone in Paris. Yes, yeah, so let's let's uh, let's keep talking about uh, Alpha then. Uh, let's move on we, to Alpha, yeah, yes. Let's move on to Alpha. Kimi Raikkonen, uh, before we offend everybody, uh, Kimi Raikkonen, who sobered up to race again, uh, didn't spend his record tying weekend the way he wanted to, although I would argue the way he wanted to was probably... You know, with a stiff drink in hand, and I would guarantee you that outside of the car, he spit it exactly how he wanted to. Oh, yeah, he's in Russia. Do you know how much vodka they have there? He was plastered. Their entire economy is based on vodka. In fact, vodka is, like, instead of, like, 32, like, they give you, like, you know, 20 rubles and 32 cents, but instead of cents over there, you just give little, like, single shots of vodka, like those little, like, souvenir bottles. Duh. Duh. But uh, Kimi Raikkonen, yeah, he didn't spend this week in the way he wanted to, at least on track, spinning in qualifying session number one. He qualified dead last. Yikers. Yeah. Um, He was hampered in the, he had a a bad pit stop in the middle of the race, and he ultimately only took home P14, which I think is very disappointing, considering Antonio Giovinazzi finished P11, P11, which tells me, I think, Kimi Raikkonen threw away points this weekend. He did. Without no, other way, no other way to look at that. It, Kimi, that is... Hopefully his record-breaking weekend goes better, but you don't want... You're not, in a, you're not in a car where you can afford to throw away points, right? McLaren can have a bad race. Right. Renault can have a bad race. 
Mercedes could have all bad races for the rest of the season and not care. They could. Um, but you, Alpha is locked in a dead heat with the teams around them, with with the Haases, with I mean, I <laughs> well, kind I of with the Haases. Man cares. I think he's done caring. You think he's done caring? You think yeah. he just goes, all right, time to time to check this into is race. More, more of a hobby for me. And... Put put time card in, race. Okay, time card out. Yep, pretty much. I'll go drink now. Yes, where's the drink? Yes. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, kind of an honest race for uh, Giovinazzi. Uh, He had a took in. He had a few good looks, uh, but he did finish P11, so beat the Haas. Yeah, yeah, he did have a peak. I noticed he had a couple peaks in over into into the points, and I didn't hate that for him, but the only time you saw him was when he was getting – Worked over by a team that had just pit, pitted, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, so Antonio Giovinazzi, trend among Russian races was, was he had an anonymous weekend too. Russia is the most anonymous of all races. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So it, so uh, moving on, Ferrari after Alpha, the third of the Ferrari teams. Ferrari itself, Charles Leclerc, a strong P six. He's forty seconds ahead of his teammate Sebastian Vettel, who. Uh, took home a P13 out of the points. Tim, did you update this at all over the last, like, eight weeks? No. No? Not even a little bit. Except for Monza, where they crashed. I mean, I could you could say, okay, Charles Leclerc, P6. He's about 40 seconds ahead of Seb Vettel, who finishes out of the points, and I would have gone, what race was that again? What, you yeah, talking wait, about? What? You talking about, you know, Austria 1, 2, uh, Hungary? The uh, one, no? Is it? Yeah. Are you talking about Silverstone 1, race 2? Was, yeah, the race was kind of... Silly, uh, but the qualification was interesting. Yeah, the, because the fr- Seb Seb biffed it. Hell, and, she biffed it hard. Yeah, well, I don't think that was his fault. Like, I think the car just bit him. They he, took some downforce off, and he had no grip through uh, turns two and four, and he just lost it. You're telling me you think the Ferrari was poorly poorly constructed and poorly prepared for that race? Yes. Shocker. I know, right? Um, but he went off. Uh, he actually cleaned up his own debris, which is <laughs> like forgot. the most Seb thing ever. I forgot. Because he was, you know, it's like not only does he call his own race, he calls his own tire strategy. He cleans up his own messes. He's a one-man team. Aston Martin <laughs> doesn't need Total Wolf. They have yeah. Seb Vettel. They've got Sebastian Vettel. He'll just do that. He is the player manager. He'll call the whole thing from the from the. From the cockpit. I, I have a feeling that when Sebastian Vettel, he, so he spun his his rear wing, no, his front wing came off. Yes. And he picked up his front wing and just put it in the rest of the car. Yeah. And I was I was picturing um, the IT crowd. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah. Yeah, it's where uh, something's on fire and uh, it's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard Iowate just has like a, a fire extinguisher and it catches on fire. He goes, I'll just put this with... The rest of the fire over here. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'll just put this wreck with the rest of the wreck. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Do you think? Do you oh, think that was, was a Ferrari team order to no. put? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they cared. They were like, "Oh, Seb's off. All right, bad Vettel." Yeah, but, <laughs> no, they were like, "Eh, who cares?" You know, very public divorce happening right now. Um, but uh, then Charles Claire um, was knocked out in Q two. Yeah, Charles Leclerc is knocked out in Q2, which I think really set the stage for how good of a weekend he had. I would say he's probably the winner of this weekend uh, in terms of knocked out in Q2, uh, qualified, what, P10 uh, to P6, and he finished 40 seconds ahead of his teammate. You can argue that that's not the same car, and even if it is, it's built for Charles Leclerc's driving style. But uh, I think Charles Leclerc, again, not that his medal needed proof, proven, but he proved it again. And l- let me ask you something. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on for a second. Oh, boy. Do you think Ferrari's legit with Charles's car? Like straight up, like it's on the up and up if I were to break it open and I'd be like, <laughs> everything's in order here. Yep. I'd say there's a 0% chance of that. Yep. Because he's consistently beating Seb. I would and say. And that doesn't happen. I would say there's a 0% chance of just about anybody's car being on the up and up on the entire grid. Yeah. Um, and I would say that more than people might like to think. This is tinfoil hat, no accusations. This is just me thinking aloud. I would be willing that, to say that just about every team is giving everything, giving less than legal advantages to their number one driver while their number two driver receives Flounders. no such things. Except Look, for maybe Haas, who don't even have a clear number one. Exactly. But that actually, I think that has, you, you have a good point. Again, we are not accusing anyone. We are simply stating 
something doesn't smell right. This is this is like in and baseball it, where pitchers <clears throat> like you're like, oh, that guy's doctoring the baseball. Seventy five percent of pitchers doctor the baseball, right? That's yep. not. It is what it is, and at this point, you'd be foolish not to at a certain exactly. point. Yeah, and and I'll say this: that this whole point leads us perfectly into Red Bull. Red Bull, yes. <laughs> because I, I'm willing to say that I think that's happening a little bit with Red Bull. Yeah, and this is too. going. This is good. If if we had fans who hated us, right? Which I'm sure we have a couple. If we had fans who hated us, this is where they take what I said about Pierre Gasly last year and they put it right next to what I'm saying about Alex Albon. <laughs> <laughs> Luke is the biggest hypocrite on the internet. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, but it, but guys, come on, Alex Jones exists. Yeah, that's true. That's He's true. on the internet. Yeah, he he is he is on the internet, unfortunately. Um, speaking of Alex's, Alex Albon, I I I do not something's up in my heart of heart believe that he is giving given any advantage any opportunity to succeed. Right. Yeah. Like, they set them up for failure. We've right. talked about this at length before. Right. They're setting them up for failure. And I, it's a fact that that car is designed for uh, Max Verstappen and his unique driving style. And you can't expect Albon to race like Verstappen, right? Yeah, no. And and especially considering how unique Max Verstappen's driving style is, how aggressive it is, right? Like, asking Valtteri Bottas to imitate Lewis Hamilton is a better thing, which I don't even know if he has to do that. I think both those cars are pretty well suited for both drivers, but um, you can't just ask Alex Albon to drive like Max Verstappen, and this is what happens. They pull him in, and they're like, all right, we're going to put you on the alternate strategy, and and ask yourself, and Tim, in your heart of hearts, if it was a good strategy, if it was the best strategy, if it gave him an opportunity to succeed, would it be the alternate strategy, Tim? No. It would be the main strategy. Yes. That would be the one. (laughs) That's all you have to ask is, yep. is oh, well, they're putting them on a different strategy. If it was a good strategy, Max Verstappen would be running it. That's correct. If they <laughs> thought it had any hope in hell, they would put Max on it. Yeah. But they if don't. If they thought it was a race-winning strategy, e- even if it was a gamble to be a race-winning strategy, they would put Max on it because they know that a good, the best strategy isn't going to win them, so they might as well gamble. But they, right. they know for a fact Alex Albon is not having it. He's not given the opportunity to succeed in terms of strategy. No. And I would be floored if when he gets removed from Red Bull, which I'm starting to think is just a win, not an if, because Red Bull hasn't learned anything. I'm I'm starting to – I would be shocked if he didn't have a Pierre Gasly-esque resurgence, a rise back into confidence. I, I would agree, and I think that that would be the most apocalyptically stupid thing that Pierre Gasly ever did. Leaving AlphaTauri. Correct. No, going back to Red Bull. Going back to Leaving Red Bull. Leaving AlphaTauri is a, is a foregone conclusion. Right. But going, but going back going to back Red Bull. Going back to Red Bull is an apocalyptically stupid move. Right, because, again, you're, you're being afforded chances to succeed. Yeah. At AlphaTauri, you're not. And, and should we transition? I know our next one is actually, uh, actually it is AlphaTauri. Should we transition into AlphaTauri? Yes, Tower? let's. It leads us nicely. It does lead us nicely. And because I'll be honest. Kivyat had a pretty good weekend. He had a pretty, the Alpha Tower had look, a pretty good weekend. A nine and eight. I'll take yeah, that. I'll take saying, that all day. Kivyat was properly quick. Both Kivyat and Gasly were quicker than Alex Albon, um, which should say something about the strategy he was doing. Because I didn't see Alex Albon didn't have pace, but I didn't see him make any in a, gross errors that cost him that. I didn't. I didn't either. And in qualifying, yes, he was off of Max Verstappen, but he was not P twelve. Or wherever he finished, right? He was, yeah, he wasn't uh, P10. No, he wasn't. Um, and I just. So Alpha Tauri at the beginning of this year uh, were technically changed in title from junior team to Red Bull to sister team to Red Bull. And I think at the time, but everybody was like, ooh, whoop de doo, right? But I think that that is a very important distinction. And I think it might be a reason where. Pierre, or Pierre Gasly stays with Alpha Tauri um, because the, the idea was that we're not supplying Red Bull. We are our own team, and our goal is to win a championship the same as Red Bull's is. Uh, not to support Red Bull. We are there with Red Bull every step of the way. We're their competitor. We're their sister team. We're not their you know minor league team. And I think we're starting to see that. I think we're starting to see 
um, Alpha Tauri just be like, yep, nope, yeet ourselves ahead of Alex Albon. Let's let's do this. Alpha Tauri's having a very successful season by their standards. I think so too. I think Franz Tost is not losing sight of the opportunity, but I think the opportunity came about to be promoted to a sister team because of the wind tunnel regulations um, and how developing the 2021 car, now the 2022 car, you were only allowed a certain amount of time and B teams were not allowed as much time. <laughs> so I think that was a little bit of a con job by Red Bull. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah. Hey, you know you know who else is technically not a B team, but they are a sister team? Haas, Alpha, yep. uh, Racing Point, Williams. They're their own teams totally, guys. Yeah, totally. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Again, nudge, nudge. The, the, the beauty of Formula One in its... Uh, political complexity <laughs> so it, it gets a little it gets a little weird why would you why would you sit there and watch and go watch like get invested in the american election and watch politics when you can watch formula one it is so much more vitriolic it is so much more complex it is so much more maddening it is the best and and here's the thing no one's really a true blue moron <laughs> whereas a lot of people in american politics are yes yeah they, they're literally just lying now, you, and you have them on tape, and they don't say anything. Whereas if anybody got caught on tape, they would be burned at the stake. They're, they're too if anybody Ferrari did that, the Tafosi would literally burn them at the, the stake. The, Formula One, the drama behind Formula One is that it's politics for people who are too smart and too dangerous to be in politics. That's the beauty. If you put Christian Horner in a seat of abs- actual like power. power in international trade— the bro would beat the game. <laughs> He'd break the game. Total Wolf might <laughs> Total Wolf might have continents to his name. <laughs> yeah, probably. And and everybody would be like, "Yeah, sure, sign over to Toto." I'd I'd vote for Toto. I'd vote for Toto too. He seems like a phenomenal leader. He does. I forget how we got on this. That's right. Sister team, sister yes. team status. Uh, uh, Sister teams and the politics that come with sister teams. And I would agree that that is a rigmarole. But I also think that by giving them that status, there could be something there of like, friends, Tosk goes, no, we're our own team. Pierre Gasly is our driver. Yep. And he is not your driver in the pipeline. He and is then, our driver. He's an Alpha Tauri driver. He's not a Red Bull Junior driver. And Helmut Marco is somewhere out back kicking a cat. He's just so <laughs> angry because he can't just be like, do as I say. She's like, nope. Helmut Marco, Helmut Marco is like, is like the relative of like, some leader <laughs> it's like yeah. who you just follow <laughs> you're like oh did you see what like you know the the leader of south america's wife did no that's helmet marco he's back like in the scene just stirring the pot oh yeah totally stirring the pot but uh they had an interesting weekend i know alex had to have a gearbox penalty if i'm not mistaken he had a five good place grid uh penalty i there, think he did there was something wrong with the car um and that caught then Alpha Tauri. They pounced on pounced it. On they it. took and, advantage of it. And, and here's the key too: Alpha Tauri was running the optimal strategy for both drivers. Yeah, <laughs> and it was well done. And they both drove real fast. <laughs> and uh, so you know, it was it was pretty great. I just um, I think that I think they're on par with. They're doing something that Max's car like he's not that much better. He's just I, not. I and I'm we're I don't I'm I'm on the same page and I don't want to get to people being like you say Alex Albon is the same as Max Verstappen. I think if you put Alex Albon and Max uh, and Max Verstappen in the same car, ninety nine times out of a hundred, uh, Max is going to beat him up and down the racetrack. Uh, that uh, extra time is when something goes bang on Max's car. <laughs> right, but, but they're not one point one seconds off of each other. Yeah, no. You're, you're building the car specifically for Max. You're giving Alf, you're giving Alex no chance to succeed, and you're killing his confidence by letting Alpha Tauri, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Tori, whatever you want to call it, you, you're letting the true Italian team pass him. Easily. Yeah. So, bit of a bummer. Uh, what do we got next? Oh, the second best team of the day, and Tim, you called it. Uh, you said Renault may have pace. I tweeted out uh, about practice two or three. Uh, I said, hey, you know, we're all bummed not to see Renault get a podium last week. I th- I said, I think there's money to be had on Renault getting a podium this week. They had pace. They I might have been pace. a little too good. I might have been a little too aggressive with that tweet. Uh, they were they were they were good. They, good. they were extremely good. Uh, and again, uh, this is uh, actually my. Uh, nomination for the People's Champion. Mm. Do you want to cue this up? 
and have this debate right now. Okay. Yeah. You know, I will. I will cue this up. I, you state your case because okay. I have my own. Okay. Uh, my case for Daniel Ricardo is he didn't whinge about it. He recognized, owned his mistake, and said, "I'll just drive faster." Sorry, that's on me. That's my bad. Okay, so I'm going to put out Valtteri Bottas. Okay. Valtteri Bottas is a winner who is not Lewis Hamilton. He keeps title fights. He kept his title fight alive in technicality, okay? And he got it right after all of his, you know, Valtteri Bottas doesn't want to compete. And he, he did his, to whom it may concern, bleep you. It, I, I like Valtteri Bottas. It was a very strong redemption drive for the season he's had this year. And you know what? He had a good race. You know what? You're right. Well, that means that Valtteri Bottas is your People's Champion! Congratulations, everybody, to Valtteri Bottas. Well, well done. Well done. Why on earth did anybody vote Max Verstappen as driver of the race? I have no idea. The dude was... No. You're all wrong. Valtteri Bottas, and that leads us nicely into Mercedes. Mercedes. They're, they're German. They're not I Italian. Know, I just wanted to give it. They're Mercedes. Mercedes did... They started out, and it could have gone apocalyptically wrong for them this weekend. <laughs> you were kidding. Because here's the thing. They had Netflix in the garage. Oh, that's always dangerous. And you remember the last time they had Netflix in the garage? Uh, you mean when they cosplayed? When they cosplayed at Germany last year for their Grand Prix They turned Germany into Comic-Con is what they did. It did, and then all of a sudden they're just crashy-crashy, and it's just going wrong. Only bad thing that happened in the race was the 10-second the time penalty and, you know, Lewis getting real bent out of shape, and I guarantee there's going to be a bit where he says they're out to get me in uh, Drive to Survive this winter, but... You mean there's going to be a bit where uh, Lewis Hamilton says, and I quote, the F1 stewards were trying to stop me with penalties? Yes. That's exactly what's going to happen. You know what? I, I guarantee I can see that headline. It's directly in uh, Netflix, Drive to Survive Season 3. Yep. yep. That's probably going to be the name of the of the episode if they're I had to back. trying to stop me. Yep, they are trying to stop me. And... Says six-time champion... <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. He's a six-time world champion yeah. who's about who's already hung his towel on this year's yeah, uh, like, edition. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just... It's just interesting because it did kind of mirror last year with the Drive to Survive weekend where they had some bungling uh, in the qualifying session where Lewis... May, somehow, I don't think he actually did. I think he may have missed the last qualifying run. Because I, he, when you see the line, the the clock wind down, he's not across the line totally. I thought he was, but barely. barely. It just wasn't there. I don't know. I, that that I was, was too close. Weren't you hoping for a Monza twenty nineteen to happen in Sochi twenty twenty? Yes. Yeah. I was really hoping that he missed it, and then we would just have this <laughs> maniac like grid setup. Oh, I thought that would have been a whole lot of fun. Can you imagine the Karen haircut he would have? He would have been sporting. <laughs> Probably. Oh. But uh, but I will say that um, it was interesting. It was decent to see that they didn't completely bungle it, so maybe they'll be in better moods mm -hmm. uh, for the show. Um, Valtteri Botas will be in a better mood. He had oh, yeah. a phenomenal drive. Lewis Hamilton had a very troubling week, obviously. But Valtteri Botas, he took it to Lewis Hamilton in corner two. <laughs> Did you see why he said... Uh, he, he had to back off that pass in corner two. I just was like, yeah, well, you know, Lewis, don't pass Lewis. Well, we don't want both of you to wreck, you know. <laughs> I'm total wolf, and I talk like this. Um, but uh, I, he says, and I quote, <clears throat> during the turn two pass on lap one, where he tried to lunge in on Lewis, Lewis said, nah, shut the door. I knew the start was going to be the first opportunity. Actually, it was a bit compromised because there was like a massive bee or something that hit my visor as I was braking. I couldn't really see where I should brake, so that's why I went too deep. Bees. Bees. And knowing Russia, they're probably, you know, genetically engineered bees. But not yes. like the good kind of genetic engineering. No, like, it's the type that they're just going to spy on you with it. And I know but they're I, bees. I, you know, I just broke out of a gulag. I can tell you there were a lot of suspicious bees there. Okay. <laughs> you didn't break out. I broke you out. You were saved. I I like to think that I ran faster than bullets. You so did you? Well, you. 
they outran you, but you did run fast enough to uh, dodge. So okay, good, yeah, good yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah, okay. well done. Yeah. I, I dodged, it was, I dodged it wasn't bullets. like a Usain Bolt kind of thing, but, you Okay, know. you know what? Usain Bolt, you know, I I was quicker than Usain Bolt. You haven't seen how fast he is when he's being shot at, so. Faster than me and faster than you. Nah, I was, I was definitely faster. I was probably thing. doing about 45 mile an hour when I was running. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Ferrari wasn't totally cheating last year. You're right. Are you are you really gonna pull this out? I I nearly died in the woods in Siberia. Okay, after we escaped, that's not to mention the two whole hours we had to take to walk back to Moscow. Right, that's true. But hey, here's the thing: I was running a little bit faster than you, and that's that was for survival for me because, because I didn't have to outrun the guards; I had to outrun you. Well, that's not very challenging. You ran about forty six mile an hour. I'll give yep, you that one. Yep, we were hauling ass. Speaking of uh, speaking of drivers who uh, yes. went fast or people who ran fast, Valtteri Bottas ran a fast race, and again, why he's the epitome of number two driver, and we say it. Tim, how often do we say that Mercedes would be incredibly stupid to get rid of Valtteri Bottas every if, single week? And uh, Tim, are Mercedes incredibly stupid? No. Uh, and Tim, did Valtteri Bottas just prove why Mercedes aren't incredibly stupid? Yes. Because when Lewis goes wrong, he's right there to clean it up. Right. And Lewis doesn't often go wrong, but right. every driver goes wrong someday. Mm-hmm. And this is why Mercedes is an unstoppable death star, okay? Yep. If I just escape from a gulag, they are the gulag who holds the other, you know, nine teams in their prison. They're the warden, okay? They, or whatever the Russian word for warden is. I assume wardenski. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> something it, along those lines. Sounds like they have mouths full of marbles when they drink. Anyway, um but that was that's it, guys, that's for it. the race. I gotta um, tell you, the, we were really reaching to get some uh, get some talking points. You're texting saying, ahead of the show, talking ahead of the show. Did we get to even forty minutes with this one? Uh we're at fifty four. What? Yeah. Holy cow. I will say I will say this. Uh it was boring. And not a whole lot happened. And I tried to watch the twenty four hours of the Nürburgring and it got rained out. For like eight hours. What a, what a disappointment. So kind of a bummer of a weekend, guys. But you know what we did do? What did we do? We, we broke had, out of a, a Russian gulag because you told the Russian government that you were a journalist of your own free will. I assumed that being honest would get me places, okay? And honestly, we, I enjoyed the sandwich this week we is are, what I did. We are a privateer podcasting crew. We are not journalists in Russia. <sighs> okay. Tim, what are we in Germany next week, though? I think we can be journalists. Really? Because I keep hearing them say we're verrückte Americaner. Does that mean American jerks? No, it means crazy Americans. And they keep calling oh. you a Schweinhund for some reason, but I can't really make that out. Oh, well. I mean, I get it. I, that's a pig, right? Uh, sure. What? What is that, Luke? It's, Don't it's, make me go to Google couple, Translate. It's a couple animals, actually. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, if anybody figures out what, the, what on God's green and purple earth that is, please... All of, our, all of our German all listeners of our German know exactly what hey, that is. German listeners, can you please, I don't want to Google translate that because I'm going to mangle the spelling. So uh, just tweet at me at TimSTLF1. Or you can tweet at me at FormationLab101. And uh, let me know what he just said and how they're insulting me in Germany. But I think I think they like me in Germany. I like being in Germany. I'm looking forward to the beer. Tim. Tim, uh, how many times do I have to tell you they don't like you? They're calling you an Arschgeiger. I don't know. I'm the Arschloka. You're the Arschgeiger. You can Google that if you want to. I'm going to mangle the spelling. Would one of our German fans please just, you know, let me know what that is? Yeah. Tweet at me at TimSTLF1. Okay. Please. Yeah. At, at Formation Lap 101, when you tell Tim what it is so I know where to hide. All right. <laughs> so from the Arschloka and the Arschgeiger, we're going to wrap this up. We will catch you guys next week where we will talk about some news. Uh, the uh, Harvest GP happens next week, so a couple of IndyCar races, they'll be in front of fans, and they will actually be in front of a reasonable amount of fans as compared to the unreasonable masses that were in Russia. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of people. Russia seemed like it was an 80% capacity. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. I was sitting there, and I was literally like, I'm like, if you're doing that many people, what's the actual functional difference between that and a full crowd? <laughs> well, none for Russia. Yeah. So uh, here's what I'll say. 
Sorry to all those uh, in the medical field in Russia. You're about to get bombarded with an outbreak. Also, if you are a listener and in the medical field of Russia uh, and you know how to remove bullet holes from uh, some podcaster's leg, give us a ring a ding, all right? At Formation Lab 101, the Formation Lab at 101ESPN.com is our email. You can email us there. And uh, we're going to leave you with a little clip of Tim and I. You know, we, we turn the mics on. we got to make sure we're at even microphone levels. And uh, that's going to be it. Yeah, and that's it. And I decided to pull a William Shatner. Well, William Shatner doing a Mick Jagger singing the Rolling Stones. It was about five it layers. Was, it was so meta. Yeah, it was so meta. So meta. Uh, Tim and I, without any further ado, the greatest duet on earth. Please allow me, me to introduce, introduce myself. myself. I'm, I'm a man, man of wealth and, and taste. taste.